0: going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the Disciple Project.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Had a great day today with my mother in law, just turning 85. Had a good old birthday party here for her and for my son in law and uh, for his mother. And so we had a great day just kind of uh, hanging out and enjoying the presence of one another and a family and I hope that your day whatever day you're listening uh to this podcast on I hope it was a great day and if you're not having a great day well I hope this podcast can maybe cheer you up a little bit I can give you a little insight I give you a little uh, hope a little encouragement and uh make your day a little bit better because that's what I like to do for youth workers like yourself If you're new here to the podcast, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out. I appreciate you being a part today. And if you're a regular, as always, I appreciate your attention and uh, being a part. Uh, If you're a regular listener or even if you're new, uh, I've started doing something new. I started giving up my phone number. Why? Well, because I want to just cut down the friction because a lot of times people don't want to join a Facebook group, even though I have a Facebook group just for podcast listeners like yourself. And uh, I'll put a link to that in the description if you're interested in that. But maybe you just want to make a comment. Maybe you just want to make a uh, ask a question. Maybe you just want to say, hey, good job, Paul. And you just don't want to get into all that stuff. You say, look, I just want to send a text. Well, you can just send it to 205-260-7229. It's 205-260-7229. And all I ask is don't make it weird. Ask a question, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, But connect with me so that I can also connect with you. I don't save numbers. Uh, I don't add you to any lists. None of that. Uh, It is simple. One for one. You ask a question and I respond back and that's it. Nothing weird. No selling. None of that stuff. So you have great confidence that uh, if you text me, Uh, you're not going to, it's not going to get weird back. So that's just my promise to you, the listener. I normally save this to the end, but I would ask you if you uh, have been listening for a while, or it's your very first time and you enjoy this podcast, would you leave a review over on iTunes? People do really read those things and make decisions based on them. So if you would like to go over there and leave a review, leave some stars, I would appreciate it. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Ministry Minded Coaching, my coaching service to youth workers just like yourself. And I would ask of you to ask yourself this question Do I have somebody? that I can plan with? Do I have somebody that I can vent to? Do I have somebody who can help me work through issues, problems, etc.? cetera? Uh, because if the answer is no to all of those questions, then you might need some youth ministry coaching because I find that when youth workers don't have anybody to talk to, they tend to stress out more. They feel overwhelmed. They feel like nobody's rooting for them. And that's what I can do for you in youth ministry coaching. Uh, That if I'm coaching you, you're going to be able to work with me and I'm going to be able to work with you on projects, on outreach ideas, discipleship, programming, growing your youth ministry, all of those kind of things. So if you are interested in that, listen, it's it's based on what you need. There is no long-term commitment. You determine how long you need coaching. If you just have one problem to solve, well, then maybe one session or two sessions, we're going to be able to work on that and get that done, right? But maybe you say, look, I need three months or six months because I'm on this journey. Maybe you're a new youth worker and say, look, I need to learn all these kind of really foundational things. And I would love to take my 30 years of youth ministry experience and put it to work for you to help you build a successful youth ministry and start building from the ground up, putting in some foundational things that you'll need as a youth pastor to do all the things that I just talked about, which is discipleship and programming and growing your ministry and all that kind of things. I can talk about staff relations. I can talk about all those things because let me tell you something. I have been through it, ladies and gentlemen, and I would love to pass on some of the wisdom that I have learned from my failures of which I have had many, uh, but because I had many failures, I also had uh, that much more success. And now listen, uh, for this, it's only for one month, is $97. Uh, that's two sessions, uh, 90 minutes apiece. piece. And uh, you're also going to get, by the way, you're going to get four books from me as a part of this. You're going to get, whether you get one month, three months, you're going to get my book, Prepared for Impact. You're going to get my book, uh, the Disciple Project Outreach Manual. You're going to get youth, my Youth Ministry Playbook, which is basically a—it's uh, not just a calendar, but a planner uh, that has calendars and so forth—and gives you a process for actually planning your uh, your year, planning your meetings, all those kind of things. And then also the Youth Meeting Playbook, which has 52. Uh, weeks of planning sheets of the things that you should be including in your meeting on a weekly basis. So if that sounds interesting to you, I'm going to put a link down below and then you decide how much coaching do I need? What do I need to work through right now? Once again, you get to decide one month, three months, six months, wherever you're at in your journey, I want to be able to help you. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which I am calling Accepting Reality. By faith, sometimes we don't like reality uh, because uh, reality can suck sometimes. And, um, you know, the reality we want and the reality uh, that we get, it causes us problems sometimes. But I can tell you this, I can remember when reality broke for me. I was sitting in my kitchen praying or maybe arguing with God, I, I can't remember. But it dawned on me that my dream is not going to happen. Is it? I, I sort of, I just verbalized it out loud. This isn't going to happen. My dream of being a full-time speaker, traveling, writing, maybe working for a youth organization—all those things—are uh, just not going to happen. I said it out loud. My dream is not going to happen, is it? Now that made me unbelievably sad for about a year. Okay, uh, I, 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 and there are twinges of that now where, uh, I think to myself, uh, oh, maybe, and then I have to go, no, 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 unless God does something that's not going to happen. You got to face the reality you're in Paul. And my dream was linear, right? I went from being a professional youth pastor for 30 years, right? In various forms, whether I was at a camp or whether I was in a local church or whether I worked for uh, first priority and work with teenagers there, but youth ministry across the board for 30 years. And, uh, you know, in my mind, that was supposed to translate to making a living as an in-demand speaker and trainer for youth workers, where I would be brought into churches and, uh, you know, to train staffs and all those kind of things. Now, listen, two years has been removed from those ideas and I'm still processing my reality. Uh, I just recently gave notice to my uh, job that I have, which is uh, delivering HVAC equipment. And I just decided that it's not, it's not me. It's, I, uh, I mean, it's, I did it for a little over a year and I decided this does not make me happy. Not when you've worked with teenagers for as long as I have. It just it just doesn't make me happy. I mean, if you're bivocational, God bless you. You're you're doing your job and, and doing God's work uh, with teenagers and have you, you have no ambition to be full time, maybe, uh, you know, but it, maybe you maybe you do. Maybe you have that dream of saying, look, I, I want to be full time, but it's not happening for right now but I'm gonna give you a process. I'm gonna give you some tools to help work on that, uh, that reality check that we all need sometimes. And listen, uh, you know, I'm still processing, like I said, my reality, I I can't be what I was and I'm not becoming what I thought I'd be, right? I'm a bit of a career nomad. You see, I can look at my reality in two ways. I can say to myself, the reality is I have to settle down, think about retirement, and be miserable in whatever job I can get. That's one way to look at it. Or I can say the reality is I'm not built for or wired for or created for or called to a job that makes me miserable. And this is something, once again, this is not me telling you that I have figured it all out. This is simply my process. I'm, I'm sharing my process with you that I have choices here, just like you have choices to look at the situations you're in and do that reality check with yourself. So for me, it's uh, it's going to be going back to the hustle and grind. It's me uh, looking for that job that is going to pay the bills. Uh, all the while me trying to figure out how I can turn things like this podcast or my YouTube channel or or my blog or my website or my resources to where those things can be full-time things for me. That's just what I'm shooting for. I've I've yet to give up on that. Uh, I would like to make a reasonable income from those things so I can maybe back down off of some things, but that's not the reality yet. So I have to get back to that hustle and grind. You see, I grew up in the age of go to college, get a job, work that job for 30 years, retire, and then die. I used to think someone who couldn't keep a job was basically a malcontent or had authority issues or a drug problem or something was wrong with them. Now that may be true for the, uh, a very small minority of people, uh, but it's not true of me. And I don't believe it's true of most people. Most people I believe who are going from job to job are looking for their sweet spot. They want to do something with meaning and purpose. And this is certainly my goal. I have to accept the reality that I may never have a long-term career again. And of course, COVID has played a, a big part in all these things where people are not going back to work and all that. And I really don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand what effect or impact COVID has had upon me as an employee uh, and how I feel about work and jobs and things like that. But like I said, I have to be able to accept the reality that those you know, 30-year-long jobs or those 20-year-long jobs or those 10-year-long jobs are just not going to be a thing. And I recently read an article called Good Leaders Know They Can't Fight Reality. Now, I'm going to put a link down in the description so you can read the full article because it's very good. And the author, uh, Scott Edinger gives three ways leaders can look at reality that can help anyone who's having a moment of cognitive dissonance uh, with where they are in life. And the first is this, accepting the results. If you're a youth worker and you blame anything and everyone on why an outreach didn't work or why your youth ministry isn't growing. You'll never be able to change things. You have to take responsibility for the decisions made and the decisions you didn't make that have given you the results that you are currently looking at the results of not having a college degree, not making the right connections, not keeping jobs long-term, whatever that is, that's on me. You know, I have to accept the results of my life lived up to this point. So accepting the results, of where you're in right now and the decisions that have led to the results that you're living in, that's a big step in the right direction. Now, the second tip that he gives about accepting reality is you have to accept the circumstances. You see, I could never accept a youth ministry that could not grow. I could never accept the circumstances that were barriers to growth because I believed acceptance meant giving up. And listen, if you're in a small church of 100 people and you have 15 to 20 teens showing up for youth group each week, you are above average and there are things you have to accept. You have to accept if you're in a small church, your budget's going to be this much, your demographics are going to be this and your leadership is going to be that there are things that are going to be that you have no control over. You have zero control over how much the church gives you. You can ask for it; it doesn't mean you're going to get it. You you can't change where the church is and the people that you're reaching. You can't change who your pastor is and the leaders that are over you. You know, accepting your circumstances, what is, does not mean that you cannot have faith for change. That's I'm not listen. I'm not saying that we uh, we take any power away from God by accepting the things that we're in. We have to accept the things that we're in and then accept those realities by faith and continue to believe that God is a changer of realities, that God can change circumstances. But he may say no. He may say not now. He may say never. Uh, but that, that should drive us to simply pray and say, Lord, you know, not my will, but yours be done. That's where, where we have to accept the reality. Jesus had to accept the reality, right, of his sacrifice. He said, Lord, if this cup can be passed from me, then yes, please do so. But he had to accept the reality. He says, look, this is going to happen. I am going to die for the sins of the world. This is going to happen. And he accepted that reality and was so glad that he did. I am thankful that Jesus said, Hey, listen, this is it. This is what's going to happen. And uh, God's not going to change his mind on this. And we're glad, I'm glad that God did not change his mind. And so we have to be able to accept the things that we're in, but also believe that God can change our realities. I love how Scott, Scott Apley puts it it this way. He says, acceptance gives you power to move forward in the most effective way possible instead of waging a futile battle against circumstances you can't control. That is a great quote because I can tell you, I have fought with the realities of leadership. I have fought with the realities of my circumstances. I have fought with the realities of what is, uh, and you know, uh, with what I should think it should be. And those things clashed together and it just made me miserable. It just made me miserable. And so I had to come to that place where I said, okay, I have to accept what is going on and be able to move forward. Otherwise, it's futility. It's futility to get angry all the time at these things that you have no power or control to change and better to take that energy and put it into the things that you can change. You are where you are. You are who you are, but all things are under God's control. Work within the reality of what is and not what should be, and you will be healthier for it. Now, the third and final tip that Scott Edinger gives us is accepting your failings and the failings of others i can remember being mad at everyone my pastor the church my leaders uh, you know that they were all holding the church back as far as i was concerned you people are holding the church back from being what it could be you're holding back the youth ministry from what it could be now listen change that sentence and just put in holding me back and then you have a true egomaniac which which i certainly had moments of And, uh, you have basically a mentally messed up youth pastor, which I was for a while. I had that mindset. I had that idea that, you know, people were holding me back. People were holding the church back. And you know what? The sooner I came to the reality that I can, that I have to accept these things, the healthier I became. And I personally, I have a hard time with failing. I take my own failings very personally. I don't like being in positions where there's many ways to die, so to speak. I, I don't like being in positions where I can fail at every turn. And I feel like that was a little bit in the job that I had now. There was just a lot of things that I could screw up. And I, I saw them, whether my boss or anybody else saw them, I saw myself in those things. You know, I would, you know, I have to, I have this mantras in my head that says, I should be better. I should be more. I should be over this. And on and on the mantra went repeated itself. And it's repeated itself really throughout my life. And Scott says again, he says another quote, he says, acceptance is about acknowledging the facts and letting go of the time, effort, and energy wasted in the fight against reality and that is so key you i had to i have to use the energy i have instead of battling every day with the with the reality of the job that i have that i don't like i'm just going to have to make that change i'm just i can't fight with it and i could say well i just need to accept this job but once again it's not who i am it's not in line with my gifts or talents or abilities it's not it's just not there it was a paycheck and i have to accept that listen i'm i'm going to move on from that and do something and, and put some you know, time, effort, and energy into things that I feel like I can do. And I've wasted a lot of energy on trying to change things that were essentially unchangeable. It was a misuse of time and energy. I would try to keep people on my team. Example, hoping I could change them. Hopefully I could lead them, hoping I could, uh, you know, see progress in them. And it, be honest with you, there's some people that were on my team that never got any better. And I had to accept, I had to do two things. I had to accept them for way they, the way they are or were and say, okay, that's just who they are. I have to work through that process that they're not they're going to be the perfect thing that I want them to be. They're going to have to be this way and I'm, I can accept that. Then there's other folks that says, listen, I can't accept that for whatever reason and say, look, I think that your efforts would work better in another, um, you know, in another area of ministry. And being willing to do that uh, because I had to accept the reality that they weren't going to fit. Right. There's some people I could accept and say, OK, they work within the framework. And there's others who I, I just said, look, that's that is not going to work uh, in this reality. Uh, you're going to have to go and maybe be a part of something else. And I have to accept that my standards may be too high for myself and for the organizations that I've worked for. I mean, I'm human. I'm flawed. i uh, And I have to accept that I am picky post-youth ministry about who I want to be and how I want to use these gifts that God's given me and to whom I should employ these gifts. I have to accept my personal and career realities by faith. It's the only way I can move forward. It's the only way I can find a a healthy mental life. It's the only way, uh, God willing, I could find maybe a second career I could thrive in. And that's my hope for you. Maybe you're dealing with some of the same things. Maybe you're fighting with some realities that are, you know, that are, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. It's far worse than anything I've ever gone through. But I would ask you to maybe work through the steps that, um, that Scott gave. First one, accepting the results that are currently in, in play, um, because of decisions made or decisions not made, accepting the circumstances, things that you know, you cannot change, can't change your budget your demographics, or your leadership. And finally, accepting your failings and the failings of others, that people are just going to be this way. They're not going to be the perfect team. They're not going to be the perfect whatever it is you've imagined. You're working. It's a work in progress always. And so I hope that this has given you some encouragement, me simply sharing my story with you of things that I've gone through and the realities that I've I've had to, uh, to work through and accept uh, for my own life. I hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if this episode has been an encouragement to you, go ahead and text me 205-260-7229. Uh, once again, you can leave a review over on iTunes, link down in the description. And uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys listening and be a part. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. I hope that uh, my story uh, has resonated with you. And maybe now you're saying, oh, I can breathe. little bit easier now i can uh i can let go of some things maybe that i've been holding on to and i and i hope that god meets you in that i hope that god meets you in that acceptance where you just go you know what i can't do it it's the first step right in in most 12 step programs you know i have to accept you know uh what i am or what i've become and that acceptance is the uh, first step to healing and i think that's true uh for our realities as well you have to be able to accept those things To be able to move forward and I hope that you do so that's it for today guys I appreciate you guys listening to this episode and uh, if nobody has told you lately that you're doing a good job let me be one of those people that can tell you today you're doing a good job that's a reality you're doing a good job it may not be perfect it's more than likely not perfect but that doesn't mean it's not a good job and you're doing a good job keep doing God's work with teenagers And I appreciate your service to the church, to the Lord Jesus, and to the teenagers that are in your ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.